Hello, everybody. You know, the noise just quietly dies down and quietly dies down. It's actually good. You've got to finish those conversations. I hope they were good conversations you were having. And I'd like to say, welcome to those people who are going to watch online. Hi there. And today, it's yes, it's the old man. And I'd like to wish publicly Andre Powell a happy birthday. He turns 39 today, and that's half my age. <laughs> He's half as old as I am. So there we are. And today, I, the other day I was, I was doing a, um, a Bible study with a connect group, and we were looking at John chapter 20, the resurrection of Jesus. And when I got told, oh, you're swapping with uh, Susie, um, so you're, you're doing it, you see. They were going to do double ups today. And uh, I said, okay. I thought, my, I could mix this up and I can tell my story and blend it in with this bit about the resurrection. So can we have our first, uh, you know, I'll do it if I, if I remember how. Got to turn it on first. It's on. And go like that. It says, what do you see? And uh, I was thinking about this whole thing about how do we become Christians? And it's really important. It's important with our kids. Because I can look back and see what my parents did. And I can see by the kids here that there are lots of mums and dads here who desperately want their children to have the same faith in Jesus as they have. Amen. Amen. And, and this is so important for us. So today I want to go through my story because I came up in a Christian family and I also want to come and tell you about the things that happen when we discover Jesus. And today, when we do this, we're going to think about what it means to be Christian. So the first thing we're going to do, and I've got to do this again. I'm going to read a little bit from the Bible. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene, went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been rolled away. So when she came running to, the, <clears throat> to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved, and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and I don't know where they put him. Do you know something? At that moment, Mary did not believe. She thought Jesus was dead. And that word blepo means, oh, I saw the, saw the dog running over there, but you couldn't tell what sort of dog it was, <laughs> you know, and you couldn't tell you anything else about it. And sometimes 
we see Jesus and that's all we see. We don't actually see the real living Jesus. And I was like that. I came up in a Christian family and that Christian family I was dedicated to God as a child. Now, being an Anglican, they baptized me. But the man who baptized me prayed for me every day until he died. Mums and dads, you pray for your children that they will come to know Jesus every day, every day until you die. I had that happen. My mum did that for me. And the pastor did it for me. And my grandmother did it for me. And without their prayers, I wouldn't be standing here and your prayers are very, very important. You know, my name, my first name, Warren, that's a family name. It's an anglicization of Von Zellen. My next name was Harry from my uncle who just got the military cross when they stormed the casino at Monte Cassino. But my last name, Christian name, is Theodore, and it means lover of God. So my family believed, and this is the important thing, my family believed that God had his hand on me from the day I was born and baptized. That's what we call a covenant. And I want to tell you parents today, you covenant your children before God so that God will bless them. It is critically important and I don't care whether it's the old-fashioned baptism or dedication. It's the same thing. We are covenanting with God for our children. Why do I tell you this? I tell you this because it is critical and important. So I grew up learning the Bible. I can remember going to Sunday school and I was a proper little rebel in my own way. And uh, what used to happen is this, the front veranda, you know, farmhouse, you see, so we're on the front veranda. Before I went to, to, to Sunday school, I'd learn the Bible verse for the week that I had to remember, right? And I'd learn it off by heart and off I'd go to Sunday school, I'd spout it out, and I'd try and forget it straight away. I was, was a proper little rebel. <laughs> I knew about Jesus, but it never got any further than skin deep. Well, it did really, subconsciously. That was me. You see, Mary, when she went to the tomb, she just looked in and she didn't think anymore. And I was like that. I wonder if you're like that. Well, you know about Jesus, but 
you haven't thought about it at all. Because that was me. One of the things that happened to me is I thought I was no good. I can remember with my sister, and I don't know how I learnt this in a Christian family, because we never got taught it by our parents. But I thought that my good deeds were on one side of the scales and my bad deeds were on the other side. And I thought my bad deeds are firmly on the ground and I'll never get to heaven. So age 12, I decided I was going to be bad. I did. Fortunately, God had other thoughts. (coughs) And my parents still had authority over me. And I went to Bible class whether I wanted to or not. (laughs) Any kids ever felt like that? Because that's what happened to me. And I thank God that that happened. Because something else happened. But we'll go back to John. Well, John and Peter, they ran to the tomb and John beat Peter. But he didn't go in. He just saw the tomb, just like Mary, he glanced at it. But Peter went in, and when Peter went into the tomb, he saw the grave clothes. And this is why this picture's here, with the bigger one on one and the one for the head separate, as though they had collapsed. And something happened, and Peter started thinking. Do you know, there's a lot of people who puzzle about Jesus who don't understand, who are thinking about Jesus. But they don't understand. Peter didn't believe, but he started thinking. He was searching for an answer. The answer, of course, was that Jesus is alive. We know the end of that story. But in that story, there's something more. Now, This Bible class, I can remember being there, and our vicar was a a wonderful Bible teacher. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Uh, And he was explaining to us that we could know that we were saved. We could know we were going to heaven. There was a definite yes And that's when I started to look. When I thought there might be hope for me. Fortunately, I was only 13. It was 12 when I decided to be bad. It was 13 when I discovered that I could guarantee that I would go to heaven. And I've put this verse here because this verse tells you God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And I understand now that I have eternal life right now. God is in me. We've just sang about the reckless love of God. How wonderful. We're talking about, we're singing about the Holy Spirit coming. I know what that is like. I have eternal life. And if you have accepted Jesus, you have eternal life. So in the next few months, I began to 
to listen. But do you know something? I didn't do anything about it. I was just on a search, a search for Jesus. And it wasn't a very good search because I began to think to myself, it's going to be pretty costly to become a Christian. I'm not sure that I want to be good. (laughs) And I really struggled. I faked a testimony. Yes, I, I told it, could tell a story of how I became a Christian, but I hadn't really at all. And I struggled, and every time, you know, I really resisted, but I was looking. And the more I looked, the more I knew I had to do something, but I didn't want to do anything. Now we go back to the Bible. This word oida in the Greek. Think of it as idea, an idea. I think I see what it means. That's why I've got that picture there and the picture of the, the crosses there looking out from the tomb. That's a stylized picture. But it's a picture that gives you the idea. For John went in and he looked at what Peter looked at and he said, Jesus has risen from the dead. The things that he said before, when he said he was going to die and rise from the dead, he was, he was real. It's real. Jesus has risen from the dead. And that means something. I want you to understand that we can't become a Christian without we really recognize this power of Jesus. John recognized it. He saw it. And he believed. But it's not enough just to believe. Isn't enough just to believe. Because there's more than belief involved. That moment for me came out of Bible class camp. I'd done everything I could not to go to that Bible class camp. (coughs) And I was too young to go to it because cut-off age was 15 but they got me in there anyway. (laughs) And I went there. And we started singing hymns and things at this Bible class camp. There was one hymn that I hated. See if I've got it. It goes like this. Some of you will know it. It's an old hymn. Man of sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah, what a saviour. Bearing shame and scoffing rude, in my place condemned he stood, sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah, what a saviour. Guilty, vile and helpless we, spotless lamb of God was he, full redemption can it be. 
Hallelujah, what a saviour. And I hated that song because the bit that goes, Hallelujah, what a saviour, was too high for my voice. So I would sing, I would sing it, you see, and then I'd go, <laughs> And I hated that song. Then, nearly at the end of that camp, a man called John Hewlett got up and he had a flannel graph and he had a big picture. And in the big picture, it was the three crosses, the three criminals on the cross. Oh, sorry, two criminals and Jesus. And one of the criminals said, if you're the Christ, why don't you come down from that cross and save us too? And he cursed Jesus. And the other said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. And I can still remember John Hewlett saying, all of us are going to die. And on one side, you are going to be cursing Jesus, or the other side, you're going to be asking Jesus to save you. And I realized I had to do something about it. I knew that I had to give my life to Jesus. I finally got to the stage when I gave in. And I went forward that day to give my life to Jesus. I remember it was in a school and they had those wooden verandas and it was a long, long veranda. I remember every footstep as I walked down to give my life to Jesus. You see... Once I understood the reality that I either had to follow Jesus or go to hell. That's pretty rough to say that, but that's what it really is like. Then I had to do something. At the end of it, Mary, because we go back to the Bible again, Mary was there and she stayed there and she went in and she saw two angels, two men in white and she said, where have you put him? Where have you put him? And then Jesus spoke to her and said, woman, what are you looking for? And she said, they've taken away my Lord and I don't know where they put him. And Jesus then said just one word, Mary, he called her by name. He calls you by name. And she said, Rabboni. Rabboni isn't just rabbi, it means more than teacher. It means the teacher. It's only ever used, I think, once 
apart from that, and it is the chief teacher of all Israel. And then she goes back because Jesus said, you can't touch me. I have yet to ascend to my father. And she goes back and she said, I have seen the Lord. And that word seen is areo. And it's the word that when you put it with God, it means I have been in the presence of the Lord. I have been with God. The rest of that chapter, that's only the only word to see that there is in that chapter. I have been with God. When I walked down that veranda and a lady led me to Jesus, I felt the peace of God. I felt God with me. 2nd of January, 1958, 64 years ago. That's when I started. It was the most momentous day of my entire life because I met Jesus Christ. Totally powerful, totally life-changing. The next morning, we were singing hymns. And we started to sing that hymn, Man of Sorrows, what a name. For the Son of God who came. And I choked up and wept. Because now, I knew this, the man of sorrows. I knew what he'd done for me. I have been in the presence of God and God has never left me these 64 years. You see, not only did that happen, I look back now and I can see God's hand about things that were going to happen 10, 20 years later. I bought two books at the bookstore. One was How to Bring Men to Christ by R.A. Torrey. And that's, uh, that's written 150 years ago. <laughs> but it's got a passage in it about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I was at a church where they didn't talk about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I read that book. And I thought to myself, I need to know more about this, and I couldn't find anybody to teach me. And I bought another book called The Path of Prayer by Samuel Chadwick, and it had a passage in it about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I know that God was setting me up and preparing me for all of my life. And God is setting you up and preparing you for all of your life. His hand is on you. See, can I go back? <clears throat> because I'm asking you now, what do you see? 
Where are you? Are you like Mary who's walking past and thinking, oh, the tomb's open, they've taken him. Or are you like Peter who looks really hard and says, I don't really understand. Are you like John who says, I think he's risen from the dead. Or are you like Mary who says, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. That day, I don't like to think that I received Jesus. I like to think that I gave my life to him. Now, <clears throat> I have not done it all that well. I've made a few mistakes. In fact, mark that as a lot of mistakes. <laughs> but he has never, ever, ever deserted me. I was not going to say anything about the last 64 years, but I want to say something that's coming up tomorrow. The anniversary of my son dying five years ago. I can still remember hearing about it and I can still remember the pain but I can still remember the peace of God's presence in the midst of the hardest experience of my life. The question is, where are you? What do you see? The story? Or the Lord? And if you have never actually come into the place where the presence of God through receiving Christ is with you, come and do it now. Now's good. Now's a great time. Because you'll never, ever regret it.